Welcome to this episode of Don't Listen to Us. I'm Sean King. I'm Melissa King. This is episode number 15. Wow. We have over 1,200 listeners to the episode. Is to, that to, listens? To, no, no, listeners. Is that a good thing? We're averaging about 1,200 people listening to this. Oh my gosh. But it's kind of cool. Getting a little intimidating for is me it? now. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was fine when it was just a couple of friends, right? Yes. Now that maybe complete strangers are tuning in, you're kind of freaked out. Hmm. I guess I shouldn't have told you that. No. I'm sorry. Oh, no. I'll take it back. No one's listening. Ignore, <laughs> ignore them all. No, no one, no one's here. Well, they're not hearing. supposed to be listening to it, us. It, it was that, good point. It's called Don't Listen to Us. Why are you listening to us? Why are, are you listening to us? Poor lost people. Send us emails to dltu at yml.me. Also, as always, we encourage you to drop us a review on the iTunes store. I found out we're also available on all kinds of other podcasts. That's why we have so many listeners. Oh. It's because we're not just on iTunes. We're on the Anchor website. Uh, we're on... Uh, Where we're recorded with anger. With, with, <laughs> that's right, recording in anger. Um, there's something called uh, uh, um, Spotcast. There's a whole bunch of other... Uh, podcasting aggregation websites that Anchor sends our podcast out to. Oh. And therefore, people who who, who may not... Yeah, we're available on eight different platforms. Oh. Um, wow. Where are they? Where are your podcasts can be heard? Uh, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Wow. I know. Is that all over the world? Well... Podcasting by nature is all over the world. Okay. Anybody's listening can be listening in, well, it, it, my my wife, not the, the technical expert, nerd that I am, uh, for you folks, send us emails, tell us where you're listening from. Tell yeah. us, my wife doesn't, I don't think you really conceptualize this. So I know we've got people in Europe listening, probably someone in Japan listening, someone from all over America listening. So send us an email. If all you, all you want, DLTU at YML.me, just give us uh, what location you're at. Where you, where, I would like to know. Where do you live? Mm. Just let my wife know about how, how far hmm. and wide this stuff spreads. I mean, my children don't even listen to me, let alone 1,200 other people. Well, they don't listen to you in the house, let alone on, on a podcast. Uh, <laughs> we, we had a, um, um, a funny discussion uh, this past Thursday. Our son, the 12-year-old, uh, went for his very last day of elementary school. It didn't seem that big a deal for him. Well, Rory, that's just Rory, though. Was it a big deal for you going into high school? Oh, it is. No, I'm looking forward to it for him. I... Now, here in, in BC, it's different. We had, When I was in Nova Scotia growing up, we had elementary school up until grade six, and then you went to junior high school, seven, eight, nine, and then after grade nine, you went to high school. Yeah, they have that in Ontario. They have middle schools in Ontario as well, maybe other provinces. Isn't there a concern? I think one of the reasons why they do that for us in Nova Scotia, or used to, I don't know if they still do. Um, Do you want to put grade seven kids, kids who are 12 and 13 years old, into the same school with high school kids, kids who are 19 years old? You think that's... I was. Really? Yes. See, because when I was 18, I would have beat the crap out of them. I wouldn't have. But you would certainly have teased the younger kids. Oh, twelve yes. year olds and thirteen. That that's not happening now. No, no. no. I remember I, my brother was still in school, and I, I loved that. And the I same school. To, I got to be that little, little grade eight nine girl that had a major, major crush on her brother's friends, and I'd walk across <laughs> the quadrangle, and I would just be like standing there, like all wide eyed, and, and if they were coming close to me in the hallway, I'd hyperventilate, and I would be able to say a word. So I got a chance to do that. That's very cute. Mm-hmm. 
My poor little brother back home in uh, Bridgewater, Nova Scotia, I went to Parkview Education Center. And I was a very good student, very smart, but also a real shit disturber, as people are not surprised to hear. I was a troublemaker. But I didn't get away with it. But it was even more frustrating to people because I was also a good student. Most time, troublemakers, yeah, they're struggling kids, in they're school, struggling school. But I, I was like a straight A student. And yet I was still a troublemaker. I only found this out years ago. But it turns out when my little brother, uh, uh, David, went to grade 10, in at Parkview Education Center, and you know that first day of class, homeroom teachers doing the roll call, and do the roll call, and they go to King David, mm, and my, my little brother goes here, and my little brother David is a sweet guy. He's very much a Rory, very sweet, very smart, but quiet, keeps to himself, mm, kind of mm, thing. Mm. And so the teacher says, uh, King David, and my little brother goes here. Are you? Because uh-huh. this was a, a neighborhood, uh, not neighborhood, but a, a, a community school. Are you Sean King's brother? And my brother proudly said, yes, I am. The teacher said, I don't want any shit out of you. Yeah. And that's, I feel sorry for him for <laughs> oh, that. Oh, so do I. that's what happens. Like, oh, you're Sean King's brother. Oh, oh, no kidding. Oh, he's Sean King's brother. Oh, no. <laughs> that's right. Is he Sean King's? Yeah. Oh, shit. I'm okay. sure he would have gotten that until yeah. they realized that you know, little David was completely opposite of his big brother, Sean. Yeah. So we had, they had a, a, a leaving ceremony for the uh, the grade sevens. And I guess all the, was the leaving ceremony just for the kids who were leaving to go to high school or was it a leaving with a grade four is leaving ceremony for grade five kind of thing? Oh no, it was actually. Because you went in, to it. Oh, it was incredible. I have to say it was a, so what they did was um, Mrs. Lubrini, of course, the hosted principal. the whole thing beautifully. And um, then they waited at the doorway of the gym and a grade seven walked in with a kindergartner. Oh, is that what the and little they, kid was? Yeah, okay. and they would say, Rory Berryman with blah, blah, blah. So a little kindergartner would be like, <laughs> eh. Why are they along. walking with a kindergartner? Just to, just to represent that unity of them. That's, cause that's, that's what, very cool. Yeah, I didn't so, Yeah, so the little kindergartners are getting... <laughs> Plus, they involve these older kids with the kindergartners, yeah, reading and playing with them. Yeah, yeah, things yeah. like Something that. So we never did as a kid. No, no. Now it's very much promoted. So because the just, kindergartners are in the same school as Rory. Oh yeah. Yeah, same physical building. So they are, oh yeah. So uh, you often you get a big buddy. And a lot of the kids, that's their favorite part of the week is to read with their big buddy. I mean, the kindergartners yeah, love yeah. reading with their big buddies. Yeah. And you walk down the hall with the older kids and you'll see the little interactions between the older kids and the kindergartners. Hey. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And then they gave out lots of wonderful, many, many, many awards. <laughs> on and on and on. And then they did a beautiful slideshow and they would have a baby picture. And then the picture of the kid and everybody would laugh. And then yeah. a picture of the kid with their friends in the classroom or yeah, doing certain yeah. activities. And oh, it was, cool. was just, um, it was beautifully so, done. So, and, and don't take this the wrong way. It wasn't as lame as I thought it was going to be. It really wasn't. Because to me, that just seems silly. No. A graduation ceremony for kindergartners or for grade sevens seems silly to me. But no, it doesn't sound like it was silly It at was all. pretty Good. wonderful, I have to say. I, it, I, I, I have to say it was great. And Rory, of course, got on the honor roll again. He's a smart kid. He's a smart kid. Mm-hmm. So. We'll see what happens next year. We were talking about, so I don't know how we got on the topic, but you were telling me about uh, Valentine's Day. In, oh, in, yes. In their we're school. Talk. Oh, well, I guess we were just talking about how school uh, and how it's become, you know, no, you can't leave anyone out and there's no sort of stigmatization. So in a Valentine's Day, it'd become this 
ridiculous thing where in in the not in the intermediate in the elementary school years where every child had to bring a valentine for every other child and the whole thing was just blown completely out of proportion because no child could get a valentine just them because the popular girls i guess yep. would get just flooded with valentines sure. and the chubby little freckly girls would sit there not getting get anything yep. so your child ends up coming home with bags and bags <laughs> of these ridiculous little tear open happy valentine's day oh, i hated it it's not what it represents it's a silly hallmark holiday that they blew out of proportion yes. but i do understand the impetus for it because i distinctly remember when i was a kid i'm saying the grade four grade five grade six valentine's day <clears throat> and Either not getting Valentine from the girl you wanted to get Valentine's from, or getting Valentine from a girl you didn't want to get Valentine from. But and you're not vice supposed versa. to know. It's supposed to be a secret. Yeah, but you kind of know, right? Or, or fine, then not getting yeah. any Valentine. Yeah. You know? Um, and, I, and you felt bad as a kid. Yes. But this, the other way of everyone gets a Valentine is just silly. It's just silly. Just don't have it at exactly. school. Just don't do it's it at like school. Rory got really, really upset a few years ago because at, on Halloween, you weren't allowed to wear anything with a mask anymore. No one was allowed to just go to mm-hmm. school on the day because it scared the kindergartner, oh, a couple of the kindergartners. And so they basically made it, nope. You can't wear anything with a mask. No. And all the older kids are like, oh, come on. So, they, See, that's you know. the downside of having this whole population. And it, it's because we live in a small community, maybe, that we have kindergartens, kindergartners all through grade sevens in the same school. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Whereas if the grade seven, eight, and nines were separate like we were in oh, junior well, high school, it yeah. would have been a problem. Right. You know? And yeah. the grade 10, 11, and 12 separated, so it wouldn't have been a problem. Mm. Uh, by mashing together, there are good and bad points to mashing all the, all the grades together. Mm. I didn't realize they did this big buddy thing, which I think is just wonderful. Oh, yeah. They do but that with many things. The downside of that is you don't want to do things that scare small children. Yeah. There might have been maybe a couple of them that screamed a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And that was it. No and, more masks. And and for me, that's the only Valentine, only Halloween stuff we could do as kids was a mask. That's all mom could afford. Yeah, you buy one, one of those, those plastic masks mm-hmm. at, at, at at Zeller's or mm-hmm. Walmart. Mm-hmm. That was it. And it was too freaking cold to go outside. You know, and it, it's very funny. The joke in Nova Scotia, or joke everywhere in Canada except British, except uh, southwestern British Columbia, is that all of our um, kids. Uh, Halloween costumes have to be double extra large because they got to fit over a snowsuit. I know, you know? I know that always. <laughs> even here, you think, "Oh my gosh, how are we going to keep them warm?" Yeah, it's too freaking cold to go to go yeah. have a trick or treat. So the schools ha- always have lots to think about and always have, you know. But anyway, I just I'm so glad I don't get those bags and bags of Valentines <laughs> anymore. Oh, I hated That's it. Oh. And the one thing I would have said, I would have said, sent a note to the principal. You know, my child isn't going to participate in, in Valentine's Day. And you explain to the kid, this is silly. This is a made-up holiday. This is an adult holiday. That's the one. The other thing these schools should should say too. This is an adult holiday. Yeah. This is an adult. For, this is a holiday for grown-ups. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for kids to get involved. There in really that isn't. kind of pressure no. of, of all. This we stuff. would just sit down on the evening before, and we'd make. I would just get colored paper, and we would just cut hearts and fold them, and just put Happy Valentines, yeah. you yeah. know, and just put, throw them in a bag, and then he'd pass them out. Yeah. 
They weren't personalized or anything. Like it wasn't to Susan or Johnny. It was, no, it was just happy Valentine's, yeah. love Rory. Or maybe we'd stick a cinnamon heart on it or something. And again, it's a completely made up Hallmark holiday. It There's is. no reason to have it whatsoever for adults either. It's just stupid. I we agree. don't need it. No, I'm not. I'm not a celebrator of it at all. Got an email from our friend Scott Thrift in Sydney, Australia. Hi, Scott. Uh, hey, Sean, Melissa just came across this. Thought it'd be fun for your advice column reading. So yeah. we'll read an advice column from Scott. Oh. Uh, dear John, I hope you can help me. The, 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 this is why men shouldn't write advice columns. Dear John, I hope you can help me. The other day I set off for work while leaving my husband in the house watching TV. My car stalled and then it broke down about a mile down the road. I had to walk back to get my husband's help. When I got home, I couldn't believe my eyes. He was in our bedroom with the neighbor's daughter. I'm 32, my husband's 34, the daughter's, uh, and, and the neighbor's daughter's 19, so at least she was of age. We've been married for 10 years. When I confronted him, he broke down, admitted they've been having an affair for the past six months. He won't go to counseling. I'm afraid I'm a wreck and need advice urgently. Can you please help? Sincerely, Sheila. Uh, this is John's advice. Uh, dear Sheila. A car stalling after being driven a short distance often caused by a variety of fault of the engine. Start by checking that there's no debris in the fuel line. If it is clear, check the vacuum pipes and hoses on the intake manifold and also check all the grounding wires. If none of these approaches solves the problem, it could be that the fuel pump itself is faulty, causing low delivery pressure to the injectors. I hope this helps John. <laughs> Is that really real? That is not real. I don't know real. if it's real. I don't know if it's real, but it's very funny. Speaking of uh, graduation, we want to send a big shout out to our friend Sarah Tompkins, who sent me a picture of her at her graduation. Yes. She said, I just wanted to send you to my graduation picture. Thanks for everything, Melissa. We should hang out this summer. I still can't believe that Sean wouldn't give me the ice cream the day we met. Way to make new friends, dude. Yeah, I don't give anyone ice cream, Sarah. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no one gets my ice cream. Uh, so Sarah graduated, too, from high school. She has so graduated. She's doing an extra year, yeah. but she has graduated. And she's yes. moving into her own apartment. She is. Yay, Sarah! Oh my God! So yeah, I'm gonna. Good luck for I'm you. going to get her a. Um, uh, I'm going to make it a smart home. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's going to be exciting. It's, it's hard enough for. It was hard enough for me to move out of my own apartment. I can't imagine how hard it's going to be for Sarah being so cute. You know, all these boys will be coming over at her own place. It's just going to be. She's going to have people in and out. But I want her to be able to go in and I can yeah. say, turn on my lights, turn on my. So it will. Yeah, we're going to get that. That's an exciting project. I've been looking forward to that. Good, good. Uh, what else was going on this week? The leaving ceremony. Oh, happy Canada Day. Happy Canada Day. Uh, Melissa took the uh, Canadian citizenship test this morning and she has to leave now. <laughs> I do not. I did just <laughs> I did just fine. There's some of the things that you got wrong, what I got wrong is what I got wrong, you got wrong. It's a it, it wasn't the test. It was a didn't you have to do it? Did of you do course a test? I did. I had to did study. You, you had to study for it. Oh yeah, yeah, and what, yeah. And do they tell you what you have to study? Do they just say Canadian history? Oh no, or, I think there was a guide, was a guide? And, and you know, read this over, read oh. this over, and then I had to do a test. Was it hard? Was it no, stressful? Because, well, I studied. No, 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 I didn't feel stressed. I felt that I knew it. I've taken the Canadian history, uh, Canadian immigration fake ones we see online. Same with the American ones. I always do well on both because, A, I'm a trivia idiot. And most of them are just basically trivia questions. Mm. Now, there's nothing there's nothing along the lines of, of, you know, what were the effects on the country of 
of immigration in the seven, in the 1970s. Oh no, yeah, there's nothing like as heavy as that. It was who fought in the War of 1812. Yeah, you know, silly Just little like stuff, but still. And this is not meant as the insult that it will come out to be. I'm appalled at how many of my American friends couldn't pass their own citizenship test. That surprises me. I thought Americans were really good at America. No, because they're not in general. So I know some folks will say, I was, but in general, of the Americans I met, most never took a civics class or our version, their version of our civics class. Do they have civics class in Australia? I don't think it's called civics What's it called? Uh, government. Um, basically, when you, when you learn how to be a citizen or what being a citizen means is what civics class was to me. I don't it know. taught you about... Um, the government, how the government worked, how bills got passed, how um, elections happened. It taught you about how your government came to, how your political system in Canada came to be. We contrast and compared it with the American system, how it's better in some ways and worse in other ways. I will never say that the British parliamentary system is better than the American system. It's just different. Mm -hmm. In some ways it is better. In some ways it's, it's not as good. Um, but I was surprised at how many Americans didn't know that process hmm. of how it happened, why it happens, how it works now with the three levels of government, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Oh. Um, it's really, I think part of it is, explains why we're in the mess we're in now. Well, Because a lot of people just don't care, for example, about their local government. Mm -hmm. They don't see the relationship between how their local government makes decisions and their lives. You know, for example, a perfect example was here in uh, the Sunshine Coast, here in the little, little town of Gibsons, the the uh, uh, the town made a decision, I guess I'll say six months ago, that they were going to change the way we all recycled and composted. Mm -hmm. Before that, we took our um, stuff we wanted to compost, eggs and, and leftover food, put it in a little bag, and then Melissa walked it out to this garbage pit. My compost pile. Compost pile. My compost thing that I made, yeah. And then the other, all the rest of our garbage went in garbage bags once a week to come along and pick it up. And the recycling was collected by us and I would take it to the recycling depot, which I still do. And so then about, what, four months ago? Six months, sorry, six months ago, they told us they were going to do this. We were unhappy about it. We read about it in the local paper. This is a stupid. This isn't mm -hmm. a bad idea. But because we weren't involved in our local government. Yeah, I didn't get involved. We had no say. Mm -hmm. We could not stand up and say, Mr. Mayor or Mr. Whoever, we don't like this or what are you going to do about this? Blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. We just showed up and we had to do it. Now, they said, if you compost... Then you cannot, because it's going to, it cost us more money, this change that they made. Mm -hmm. We were going to get our garbage collected only once every two weeks. Mm -hmm. And we had to use their, actually, I guess we don't have to use it. Um, we were encouraged to use their composting. We were still going to do the recycling on our own, carrying it, basically keeping it in the house and then taking it away to the recycling area. Oh, yes, yes. Physically. Um, but we could either use their composting or use... Our, or continue to compost our But we life. would have to pay, but yeah, go on, yeah. And But that was all going to cost more, and that kind of pissed us off. Yes. Turns out, it actually works. It's working beautifully, and I bite my tongue and take back my words of, of my lack of support yep. of it. It is a really great system. It's, it's surprisingly good. It, yes. The only issue we have is that we... Because uh, what you do is we've got this little little compost bucket on the on the stove, and that's where food goes in. Anything oh, and tissues, and like I put all the paper towel yep. in there. If it's all food based, and that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. bones, meats, and then those are in compostable bags, and then that bag, once it gets full, gets taken to a larger container that then goes outside. But we can't leave our containers outside around no. here. 
because there's far too much wildlife. We, oh, we, yeah. The first night we did it, raccoons get into it. Oh, yeah. Second night we did it, bears get into oh, it. Oh, yeah, you have to keep it inside. Mm-hmm. But And that's a problem. If it's smelly or yucky. You, you <clears> but that's this. even that's working out well. Yeah. But, but because we weren't invo- involved in local government, we had no choice over this. Yes. It's kind of a, with some of the bigger issues, it's a complacency thing with me. I read about it in the newspaper and I think, oh, you know, the big developers are going to beat everybody out on that anyways. Do you know? And I get, it's awful. I'm sure a lot of people do it or they don't think, they don't think it matters. They don't think that going to meetings and things, town meetings matters. Or will make a difference. That's right. That's so right. it is a sad thing, I know. And part of the problem is we're, we're busy. We have jobs mm-hmm. and lives and wives and husbands and children and school and, 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 and. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to work up the energy for this seemingly mundane political stuff. It but is. But this is where it starts. Mm-hmm. This is where it starts in your local community. It does. You, you, from your neighborhood up to your your blocks, up to your small town, up to your city, et cetera, et cetera. It's all with the yep. president. We tend to focus on just the president. Yes. And one of the reasons why we're in the mess we are in is because the people who wanted to manipulate us, manipulate us, work the system from, from well the below, from level. the grassroots, mm. and change the system to be something they want it to be mm-hmm. and something maybe we don't want it to be. Mm-hmm. And we, in certain ways, we're on the hook for that now. Absolutely. I agree with you. I agree. Here's a perfect example of, of getting involved. Uh, here in Vancouver, or in the Vancouver area, they're having a local election for mayor. And interestingly enough, now, Vancouver is considered to be a very green city, ecologically. It's attempting to be the greenest city in the world, I think, by 2025. Is it? Like to be officially, legally recognized as the greenest city in the world by 2025. So there's all kinds of efforts going on. With all those cars. All right. So one of the reasons, one of the things that the, the, the uh, town council, city council of Vancouver have done, they put in, since I moved away and came back, a lot more bike lanes in the city. Yeah. The downtown area of Vancouver has had pretty much one entire lane given over to bicycles in many, many areas downtown. And there are segregated bike lanes. It's not mm. like a car can't even get into that nope. bike lane. It's not like it's just painted on, on, on the ground. It's, there are lights for bikes. There are curbs for bikes. There's a whole separate section for bikes. Well, it turns out hey, one of the mayor, mayoral candidates, uh, Wei Young, running with the Coalition Vancouver, um, promises to eliminate bike lanes in the city. She thinks that bike lanes are exclusionary. That bike lanes are for a certain segment of the population of Vancouver and don't include everybody. And she's kind of right. Well, you can be included if you want to. You're not being excluded because you're a person, because you're a fat person. You can still go in the bike lane if you want to, ride a bike. She says, we will no longer allow a radical agenda-driven war on transportation. As your mayor, there will be no more new bike lanes. There will be no more new bike lanes without removing a bike lane somewhere else. Bike lanes are divisive and discriminatory. They discriminate against seniors. They discriminate against single moms and many other groups. They're a private roadway system which only benefits a very few specific people in our society. There are many places where this private road system is also dangerous or where it simply makes no sense. Hmm. So this is an example of no matter how you feel about this, whether you're for it or against it, and I'm ambivalent. I don't ride a bike. I see the value of, of 
bike roadways. It's safer for bikers. But I also certainly see that they are exclusionary, that they don't include everybody in the city. But I, I, don't, have a, I don't have a dog in the hunt, so I don't live there. I don't ride a bike. I don't care that much. It's an interesting thing. But if you care one way or the other, you got to get involved in your local politics. Oh, there'll be a lot of people getting involved in that. In Vancouver. You yeah, can be sure of it. But it's, it, <laughs> it is an interesting idea because a lot of us think that bike lanes just automatically are a good thing. But there are some negative parts to bike lanes. I think saying that they're exclusionary is over the top. If you don't have a bike, you can't use the bike lane. Mm. That's excluding people. Well, gee, what about... If you only got one leg, you can't use the bike lane. That's excluding people. If you're no, blind, if, you, if, if you're you, blind, you can't use a bike lane. That's excluding people. Yes, but that's ridiculous. You could say that about many, many different things. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm not, so. I don't know. I have no problem saying that. But I'm, uh, what, I'm, what I'm saying is, don't say they're not exclusive. It's the same with cars. If yes, you're absolutely. blind, you can't r- drive a car and exactly. drive on the road. Absolutely. But you're still paying taxes if you have. Um, well, I'm not going to say one leg. Well, actually, if you're someone with paraplegia, you could ride drive yes. a car. But or it's ridiculous. I mean, Rick Hansen broke all those barriers. He took his wheelchair across the country, for heaven's sake. He sakes. took his wheelchair around the world. Around the world, yes. Around the whole freaking world. I rolled Come around on. the world. Yeah, I met the man. He was freaking amazing. I couldn't roll down the street. Yeah. This guy rolled around the freaking yeah. world. We're talking about a, a guy named uh, uh, Parale- Parale- a Canadian Olympic. hero. Um, a guy named Rick Hansen. Look him up on Wikipedia. He literally wheeled his wheelchair around the world. That's right. Which is amazing. That was back yeah. in the 80s, uh, early 80s, because he made it back for 80, Expo 86. Oh, yes, that's right. That. Anyway, moving on. But yeah, uh, get involved in your, in your local politics. It's, it's hmm. important. It's important. <clears throat> what to do if you hate your partner's social media presence? That's a so you mean if you're exposed to it and you don't like it? You don't like my social media. You, you won't follow me on Twitter. I don't follow you on Twitter for different reasons than that. <laughs> I, don't, you, I don't think you realize what? that. But <laughs> not liking your partner's social media presence. So what does that look like? What no, does no, that no, mean? No, 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 What to do if you hate your partner's social media presence? Don't follow well, them. Well, then just don't <laughs> just follow don't. them. This this is not a big deal, folks. Well, why is the question being asked? It's just one of those silly, dumb things that that people... The the thing is, if you hate your partner's social media presence, you love them. Let's Let's assume that. So does that mean their social media presence is different from the person they are? Possibly. If that's the case, maybe you want to look at that. But we've said before that some people, when they're on social media feel freer to, let's say, reveal oh, other absolutely. parts of sure. themselves sure. because you're just, you're, there's no audience. You don't have to necessarily talk back. You can just be angry, yeah. be be sexual, be any way you want because you're bolder. Yeah. So maybe they are a bit different on their social media. One of the pieces of advice is trying to sweat the small stuff. Um, social media can't tell you everything about a person. My Facebook likes, for instance, include bands I've never listened to companies I've never utilized because friends asked me to support those pages. So you may be getting bad data. If you're following someone on social media and they say or do something that you don't like or don't understand, maybe because of bad data. But regardless, it's not that big a deal. It's mm. You don't have to follow someone on social media. You don't have to follow somebody on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, just because you're involved with them in your real life. That's a tricky one, though, for this generation. Well, it, it could be, but... Look at why you feel you need to follow them. Is it a trust issue? Is that I want to know what they're doing? That I don't I don't trust them to not be communicating to the, to the right right people or saying the right things. Maybe they're saying 
they're they're a feminist in real life, but they're a racist asshole in on on Twitter. You know what I mean? Oh well, that I would question. Yeah. <laughs> it does say don't ignore the red flags. But, yeah, but basically, yeah, just just don't. It is just, an interesting subject. It though. could be. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it could be. Um, the, the kids out there um, over your summer vacation, don't don't, don't do this. Uh, a popular young man stabbed himself in the chest after mistakenly believing the vest he wore was stab proof. Oh. Oh, how old was he? 22. Oh, oh. Jordan Easton was in the kitchen of one of his friend's parents on August 23rd last year, five days after 22nd birthday, when he turned the knife on himself. Oh. Tragically, he suffered a chest stab wound. Jordan said he was wearing a stab-proof vest. Mm. While in the kitchen, he took hold of a knife to demonstrate it was stab-proof. And realized it wasn't the case. And is, that where, is there such a thing as a stab No! Oh, dear. So I've been watching too many video games, maybe? Could be. Or, okay. <laughs> hmm Okay. Well, that's natural selection. Radical empathy I'm tells thinking, us that's... I'm yes, sorry. Yes. Actually, radical empathy tells <laughs> us exactly. And who are your friends to let you do such a thing? Like, well, no. Well, apparently, the friends were standing there, and, you know, someone grabs a knife, and I'm wearing a stab, you think they're joking. And he actually did it. And, he, you know, even if you turn a knife to yourself, you're like, dude, don't, no, don't, yeah, be, a, don't right. be an idiot. Don't, yeah. don't put the knife. Jesus! Yeah. You know? Oh, he could have punctured a vital organ. He probably stabbed himself in the heart, yeah. Is he dead? Oh, he's dead. <gasps> he's absolutely dead. There's a coroner inquest and everything. He's dead. Oh, my God. He was rushed to hospitals to the coroner, but despite the best efforts, medical professionals were unable to sustain him. His injuries were self-inflicted. Okay. Good God. Wow. Even if someone told me that they're selling, they're giving me, I would never buy one. They're giving me a, a stab-proof vest. You know what I would do? I would test it well, on not a teddy on me. bear. <laughs> on Rory. I'm not testing it on myself. I'm not testing it on my kid. <laughs> Rory, Te- stay still. Stay still. Yeah. He oh, that is just so sad. Yeah, what really an awful is. waste of a life, a no. young life. I, I don't disagree How with you. How did your son die? Oh, I, I don't think, even think I could say it. It was a car accident. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, this has got to be, in the sign of the times, this has got to be a sad, sad story. I don't know if you heard about this. Jogger who accidentally crossed the U.S. border from B.C. was detained for two weeks. Oh, this was a big subject even in my office. This, she should have been detained for maybe two <clears> hours. <throat> very, very sad. Very frightening. Very. I don't think she even could remember her mother's phone number. She had nothing on her. And, of course, she was going for a run. A free run in the free country of Canada. This is a, uh, a young French woman. I think she was about 20, 20 years old. Um, 19, Sedelia Roman, uh, 19 years old, went out for a jog. Her mm. mom lives in a place called White Rock. Now, White Rock, for those who don't know, don't have Google Maps available to them, is very, very, very near the U.S.-Canada border. There is a road that runs along the U.S.-Canada border. And on one side of the road, in the northern side of the road, is Canada. There's a divider in the middle. And the south side of that road, going the other direction, is in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a one-way one way, one way road in Canada because mm-hmm. you have to cross the border to get to the other side. Mm-hmm. I've ridden my motorcycle along that road a million times. It's mm-hmm. kind of a neat, weird thought that over there to your left is America. Mm-hmm. Here's Canada. There's America. Mm-hmm. You can get off your motorcycle. I could stand because there's no, there's no fence. There's no wall. There's nothing there. I could stand on both sides of the border, which is kind of neat. But there's also a beach down there. Yes. And so this poor French girl, everyone in White Rock knows where the border is. Right? Everyone knows. But this is just a French kid visiting visiting her mom in, in, in White Rock. 
She didn't know it at the time. A visitor from France says she was jogging along the beach south of White Rock when she crossed the U.S. border without realizing it. So it began a two-week nightmare and landed her in a prison jumpsuit. She didn't know it at the time, but as she ran southeast along the beach, she crossed a municipal boundary and shortly after an international boundary. As the tide came in, she veered up and onto a dirt path. That's where she got herself in trouble. If she'd just turned around and gone back the way she'd come, she probably wouldn't have, she wouldn't have as much of an issue. Um, veered up and onto a dirt path before stopping to take a picture. The stopping would have triggered you know, her crossing. If she had kept going, the sensors along the border would have recognized that she had kept going. Border patrol would have gone down there and seen nobody and, and left. She stopped to take a picture. And by that time, border patrol was already on their way. She turned on to head back, and that was when she was apprehended by two U.S. border officers. An officer stopped me and started telling me I had crossed the border illegally. I told him I would not done it on purpose. I didn't understand what was happening. And that's when they became hard asses. Yeah. And there was no need of it. No. Use your fucking discretion. Sorry. They may not have any discretion as, as part of the oh, problem. Oh, please. Yes, they do. She didn't see any signs warning that she was crossing the border. She was informed by U.S. Customs and Border <clears throat> that she had entered illegally, which they said was captured by security cameras. I said, well, if I may have crossed the border, they'll probably only give me a fine or tell me to go back to Canada. They'll give me a warning. Nope. They put her in a vehicle, drove her two hours south to Tacoma, Washington. That's just terrifying. She had no ID on her. She had no cell phone. She had no nothing. They didn't give her a phone call, nothing. Well, she can give a phone call, but like, like you said, she didn't know the number. I wouldn't know your phone number no, in I that know, situation. No, I but I'm just saying that I feel that they took her rights away. Any right that she had, they took it away. You have no rights. If, if, if you are crossing the border, if they see you crossing the border illegally, you have very, very few rights. You have some, but not as many as you think you do, that's for sure. You certainly have no right to say, just put me back in Canada. Because they have the right and obligation to investigate and detain you and figure out where you, where you transfer. Those guys use their discretion all the time. Yeah. But nowadays they don't. Nowadays they just grab up everybody. What was the discussion about at work? You said this was something you guys talked about at work? Well, just that it's a big story. Everybody is talking about it. And... Um how this young woman, well, the trauma and what her mother had to go oh, through God, and what yeah. she had to go through and the whole, it's just the whole bullshit of what, it. two weeks? Two weeks. That's, this poor kid's in detention. Well, she would have been traumatized. Yeah. She's traumatized. It's disgusting. She was able to contact her mother who rushed to the detention center with documents, including her passport. But Fernie said workers on site said she had to present the documents to Immigration Canada to determine if her daughter was eligible to discharge <laughs> back to Canada. So there's no communication that can be opened between the, the different um, officers. We have this lady here. She's distressed. We've picked up her daughter who blah, blah, blah. We have these documents. Could you please check them for us? A spokesperson for U.S. Customs said that anyone who enters the U.S. outside an official port of entry and without inspection has crossed the border legally and will be processed accordingly. Okay. Now, I've seen people online say, well, it's her own fault for not Having her pa I, papers. Sorry, I completely disagree. Completely disagree. Yeah. First of all, you as a citizen of America or of Canada or anywhere else have, I don't walk around with my passport on me. Oh my God. And I, uh, 
I mean, I remember being on the beach in White Rock and looking over and going, wow, just think, that's the United States. Yeah, yeah. I could have swam across the border and not realized. Yeah, by accident. By accident. I don't understand <clears throat> what, they're, what they're, they're talking about. So if you're a citizen of the country that you're in, you don't walk around with your citizenship papers, your Not passport. in this day and age, maybe in a different era. Maybe you walk around with your driver's license. But if you're going to the beach, if I'm walking to the beach, I'm not taking my driver's license. If I'm going for a jog, I don't. (laughs) So then people say, well, yeah, but she's a French citizen in Canada. Okay. I still wouldn't. When we walk around Lisbon, we go to Lisbon, I'm not going to walk around with my passport on me. Well, and she's visiting her mother. So her mother lives in White Rock. Yes. It just utterly no, re- there's no argument these, to justify yeah, what they did. People keep trying to make excuses no. for the stupidity, the 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 arrogance of U.S. border customs guys instead of going, okay, young lady, just be careful. Yes, uh, like now this, you know. Yeah, yeah, and maybe they need to look at the markings or something like that, or I don't know. Yeah. So there's sensors under the ground. Oh God, yeah, along the border. Yeah. Well, show where they are no, or something. Because the bad guys will know and they'll go around. Oh it. my God. Yeah, it's just a dumb situation all all around. Oh, that's so awful. It just creeps me out that that happened to her. No wonder that. I, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, American folks, but I don't know how many people are visiting you right now, but I think the numbers are way down. Oh, they are. Yeah. yeah. You know, I don't want to go to the States. Yep. <laughs> sorry, I just mm-hmm. have no interest. I wouldn't. Not, a lot of not, folks don't realize that um, the customs guys have a... Um, uh, uh, what's it called? A zone that they can stop people and ask questions of. And that zone is not just at the airport. You know, when you when you go into the states and you um, go through the border patrol thing, customs thing, there and hi, I'm Canadian. Here's my passport. Can I come into your country? And they say yes or no. And what way you go? It's just coming to light now. People are realizing that those guys have a hundred mile. Inside, from the U.S. border, 100 miles into the country, where they can stop and question anybody they want to. And where are they stationed, though? I thought they were just on the borders. But they're allowed to go 100 miles into the United States. Oh. So imagine a ribbon around Mm. the entire United Mm -hmm. States, 100 Mm -hmm. miles deep, Mm -hmm. that U.S. Border Control can ask anybody they want to, Mm. to prove that they're in the country legally. Well, then that means, very sadly, that as a Canadian, you would wander around the beautiful country of Portugal without your passport, but you would take your passport with you wherever you went in the States, yep. just in case somebody decided to harass you. Land of the free. Land of the free. There are stories, uh, there was a story I tweeted last, last <clears> week, <throat> um, customs and border patrol guys were stopping people in Maine who were driving south on I-5. And literally stopping every car on the road and saying, "Prove that you're an American citizen." I'm 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 going on vacation to to New Hampshire, Boston. I'm an American citizen, and the police, the the border patrol, have stopped me and asked me to prove that I'm a citizen. Fuck you. It's very sad. Need to they look were at that there real for closely. eleven hours, stopped over a thousand cars, and found one person, one poor immigrant found one guy. So all that manpower, all that time wasted, all that energy, frustration, anger was for one guy who was in the country illegally. Oh. Good job, boys. Oh. Chris Fish on Twitter writes, whoever decided that ads at the the gas pump needed to be a thing deserves a talking to. 
the what the on um, uh, the um we don't see it very much here at least no here like Vancouver. the tv screen yeah. ad oh yeah. yeah yeah i saw them in the states all the time i just wanted to punch them <clears throat> I, I wanted to just rip them off this i can't believe that i'm trapped here mm. it's bad enough you guys have advertising all over the pumps on the handle there's a big freaking ad on the handle in, we don't do that we here. don't do that here in canada no. but in america there's there's a big block on the back of the handle because it's it's uh, you have so to you're hold the handle. Staring at it, so you're yeah. staring at it. So you look away, and in a lot of American uh, gas stations, there is a TV screen there, doing some sort of advertising, audio advertising, and you can't turn the volume down. You're stuck listening to this ad. Mm. I whoever thought this up needs to get beaten. It's very invasive. It's incredibly invasive. The only the first time I ever ever saw such a thing was I thought they were doing it as a novelty because the man on the screen actually was in real time talking to the person at the pump and there was this incredibly funny funny scene where this um, man started uh, almost doing karaoke yeah. oh my god it was hilarious and his wife got out of the car and she I started doing it. Yeah, it was yeah. brilliant yeah. it was utterly brilliant and i thought oh i wonder why they've got tv screens at the pumps i didn't know they use them for advertising oh, it's amazing it's the same with the in the back of new york city cabs they'll have tv screens and ads running back there too it's mm-hmm. just offensive mm-hmm. when you're trapped in that situation to then use that trappedness to advertise it. Mm, yes, yes, entrapment. Do, do you know who Banksy is? No, I don't think so. Banksy is a uh, sort of a, a graffiti artist or a street art guy. Does some really cool stuff, but he's mm. also unknown, a bit of a rebel. No one knows who Banksy is, but this is what Banksy said about that kind of stuff. People are taking the piss out of you every day. They butt into your life, take a cheap shot at you, and then disappear. They leer at you from tall buildings and make you feel small. They make flippant comments from buses that imply that you're not sexy enough and that all the fun is happening somewhere else. They're on TV making your girlfriend feel inadequate. They have access to the most sophisticated technology the world's ever seen, and they use it to bully you. They are the advertisers, and they are laughing at you. You, however, are forbidden to touch them. Trademarks, intellectual property rights, and copyright law mean advertisers can say what they like wherever they like with total impunity. Fuck that. Any advert in a public space that gives you no choice, whether you see it or not, is yours. It's yours to take, rearrange, and reuse. You can do whatever you like with it. Asking for permission is like asking to keep a rock someone just threw at your head. You owe those companies nothing, less than nothing. You especially don't owe them any courtesy. They owe you. They have rearranged the world to put themselves in front of you. They never ask for your permission. Don't even start asking for theirs. Hmm. That, that is a really interesting, very radical way of looking at our world. Well, it's actually not that radical, really. It shouldn't be it radical. Shouldn't, exactly. It shouldn't be radical. I remember watching a show about a young woman. I don't know. Is this Banksy a woman or a man? Uh, no one knows, but let's assume it's a man. Because I, uh, why? Because most street artists are men. Hmm. Most graffiti artists, you know, illegal graffiti artists are men. Oh. Um, she would go around um, and very, very wittily deface all advertisements that were coming at her across That's the day. That's kind of what he does. She, she, and, and it, she did it so brilliantly and it was so sort of profound that it, you would take notice of her 
witticism or how she had changed it no. much more than the ad itself so that you would be cognizant of the fact that you were being manipulated. No. She was brilliant. I just wonder if that's – it just reminds me it's of same, her. It's the same idea. It's the, mm-hmm. same, the same concept. Mm-hmm. And the thing like, is – Why should I go to a washroom in a public place and close the door and have an advertisement yep. shouting at it while right. I'm sitting there doing my business? Yep. Same with men's urinals. We, we go to the urinal, stand against the wall, and there's a TV yeah. screen there. Yeah. With, with advertisements yeah. yeah. Oh, there's a TV screen. Yep. Yep. Not in Canada. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's just disgusting. Yep. Wow. And unless we start fighting back against this stuff, it's just going to get worse. It's the give them an inch, they'll, they'll take a mile thing. <clears throat> unless we start telling advertisers and the companies who buy those ads, stop it. It's enough. We get advertised enough. Mm. They're going to keep doing it. And they're going to get more and more invasive in more and more different ways in different places. Well, in space. We're coming not, at us we're, from the sky. We're not fighting back. We're very passive with this stuff. We've allowed them to do these things. Instead of saying to the gas companies, the Chevron, I'm not going to, as a group, because one person, it's not going to matter, but as a group <clears> saying, <throat> I'm not going to buy gas at your gas station anymore because of those ads. Take those v- video ads down. Or else I'm going to go somewhere else and buy ads. Yeah, if everybody did if it, they'd did. go, oh, geez, we're going to take the ads. But that's that's why my children don't, haven't seen TV. Yeah. I took TV away because the ads were toxic. Yep. And I couldn't stand it anymore. I just hated it. I just said, oh, my God, let's get rid of this. So when, you know, Netflix came along or whatever, uh, I, I rejoiced not to have the advertisements. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I'm a little bit – well, I don't want to – Sound like I'm above everybody else, but the the advertisements I don't I don't take much note. I'm not a real consumer person. I don't. Well, I mean, no, I don't really. Although I will agree with often you look at things and it's the perception that your life is less, yes. or that you. That's what bothers me about advertising. When I look at something, it's not that I want it. But I look at it and think, oh, I guess I'm not really doing very well, am I? Because there's no way I could even acquire that. So it makes you feel kind of shitty, but I don't want to buy it. And you know what? There's enough going on in our world, our lives, that makes us feel shitty. I don't want to advertise and make me feel shitty, too. Yeah. Now, it doesn't, for for me, I, I ignore most advertisement. Yeah, I do, too. But that's the that's the reason why they do it. Because they want yes. you to feel bad and think to yourself, if I buy this product, I'll, I'll be happy. I'll feel, I'll, I'll feel better. I'll, exactly. I'll be That's the frightening thing. Which That's... is what most advertising is based on. Yeah, you You're do. You're missing out by not having this product. Yes. What, you know, what, 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 whatever product is. You, you are missing out on, on that. Oh, product. you're not part of the cool gang, or you're not part of the beautiful people sector, or whatever. Yeah, that's very true. You're poor and ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, let's move on from that, okay? How do I tell my husband? It makes me uncomfortable when he shares the bathroom mirror with his sister. I'm a married woman. My husband and his younger sister are Mediterranean nationality. Family relationships are closer there, I think, than those in North America or Europe. I was shocked to see my husband and his sister in our bathroom together. She was putting on makeup. He was brushing his teeth. We were in a hurry to leave the house, but there was a half bath downstairs that one of them could have used. I had been in the bathroom with my older brother, but it was to install new toilets, not to do something intimate. That, in my opinion, is only for a husband and wife to share. I felt very strange about the situation. Then it happened a second time. I decided that if it happens again, I would join them in the bathroom, put on my makeup, or brush my teeth with them to see if they understand I'm disturbed by the situation. 
<laughs> I don't understand why she's disturbed by Lighten it. Lighten the hell up! My God, my brother and I are so close. We would totally do that. Are you kidding me? Okay. Well, uh, I mean, I can see if they were sort of half clad, like if she just... Or one was sitting and one was standing. I mean, if your sister's having a poo, then no, I'm not going to no, be brushing no, my teeth No, no, but if it's her. just brush teeth, putting makeup on, what is the big deal? What's so intimate about brushing my teeth? I think that's lovely. Teeth? I think that it, it demonstrates just that they grew up together. They, they're, they're, there's this com- beautiful companionship between them. How uptight do you have to be to think there's something wrong with a brother and sister mm. standing in a bathroom together, mm. one brushing teeth, one doing their makeup? I mean, if she feels compelled to get in between them, then that is even worse. I'm going to go in there and I'm gonna, it's like, what? Well, <laughs> she said, go to the other bathroom. I'm going to join them with them to see if they understand that I'm disturbed. No, they'll just think you're a fucking wacky They're just going to go, uh, okay. Unless the bathroom's uh, huge. We'll go to the other bathroom. They were... That is just weird. Why would the, I don't understand. Why would this bother you? Mm. I mean, you have to be incredibly uptight. Yes. To no. have this bother you. Yeah, that is that is a concern. That's so weird. Okay. It's just deeply, deeply weird. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, God. Dear Caroline, I was sexually and mentally attracted to this guy for 12 years. We used to have the best times together. Then suddenly he seemed a little standoffish, though I continued to be sexually involved with him. I found out he got married. (laughs) Did you say 12 years? I found out he got married while we were still sleeping together. He'd been married for six months before I even found out about it. I still love him. Of course you do, you idiot. His his wife is extremely bogey. I don't know what that means. He's not that type. He's like me. He likes to laugh and enjoy life. Well, duh. He's he certainly does. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! You go, guy. He's constantly calling me, telling me he misses me and the fun we had and all the laughs. I don't know what to do, but I do know I can't sleep with him now, knowing he's married. Duh! Oh, no. Nice job, princess. What an asshole. Jeez. Well, I just don't know what to say. 12 years of her life. That's 12 years of her life. Did she not sort of wonder what was going on, perhaps after five years of even asking, where is this going? What are we doing here? Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. So what is her dilemma? (laughs) She keeps sleeping with him. No, 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 no. And it's not even, it's less in my mind about the adultery aspect of it than that he's just an asshole. Oh my God, that is just... He's a liar. Don't, just don't. Don't get away from this toxic person. Well, it's not going to be easy. She will, it will be, she must be, that is just awful. She's not going to go, oh yeah, okay, that's it. It's 12 years of your life. My husband and I live in a studio flat, which means our bed is in plain sight. Whenever we invite people over, they just sit on our bed. <laughs> When there are more than enough chairs and a very comfortable couch. I find it very rude. My mom taught me I should never even enter other people's bedrooms. Sweetheart, your studio is your bedroom, okay? But I don't know if I'm overreacting. If not, should I say anything? You know, if you live in a studio and you don't want people sit sit on your bed, then go meet somewhere else. I'm sorry, but I would go in and I would sit on your bed. No, see, I would not. She, she said... If there would be cushions and stuff? And when, when there are more than enough chairs and a very comfortable couch. If there are oh. other places to sit, 
then your guests should definitely sit. Well, yeah, I'm in not going to, I wouldn't lay on their bed like I would on ours, but I'd sit on the edge if there was no, like if with my, you know, just sitting perched on the edge. Yes. If there was no other place if to sit. If there was no other place to sit. But if there was the place to sit, then yes, I would agree that it's inappropriate to sit on the bed. Yes. It's like, oh, just sit on the chairs, no. everyone. You know, that's good. You could sit on your own bed. What you could do is put something on the edge of the bed that would indicate this is not a sitting area. And such as? Like stuffed animals, you know, mm. or, or something along those lines, you know what I mean? Something that would show that this is kind of off. You off could put a sign, don't sit on my fucking you bed. Get off, get off the fucking bed. That's the other thing you can do too. You just tell people, no, that's not, no. No, no, <laughs> no, no. That's not a sitting Sit area. on the chairs, right. you know, not feeling good about people sitting on the bed. That's a Oh, dear. If such a thing were possible, I would actually perish of embarrassment. As has happened once or twice before in my 28 years of life, I got blackout vomiting drunk. Complicating this scenario, I was staying at my future in-laws. I threw up all over their spare room. Not only that, but I was in so much pain, I screamed loudly enough to wake them up. Pain? My fiancé took amazing care of me, and his parents were, aside from a well-deserved lecture about pacing myself, Lovely about it. Do I owe them some sort of restitution? <laughs> she vomited or he vomited? He vomited. I obviously apologize in person and help with all the cleaning. Should I send flowers, a card, a gift certificate? I feel so mortified and trying to find some way to alleviate my guilt. Stop drinking until you throw up and black out, you idiot. That would be restitution. Don't do it again. That would definitely be a start. You know? Review yourself and this habit. <laughs> no. Fla- yeah, no. <laughs> Sorry. You know what you do? You take them out for dinner. And take them out to a nice dinner. If you feel bad, that bad about it, you feel you need to do something, take them out for a nice dinner. That's what you do. Yeah. Show them. Drink copious amounts no, of no, wine no, no, no. over dinner. Show them that you can have one glass of wine. Prove because you're marrying their daughter. Right? And they now, understandably, have concerns. Mm, so that, should the daughter. Yeah. So, yeah that you are a, a drunkard, an alcoholic. <laughs> I would never, never get that drunk in front of my girlfriend's parents. Mm-hmm. Never. No. That's just stupid. <laughs> I think that's a problem there. I think it's definitely a problem. Yeah. Definitely a problem. I've been with my boyfriend for almost a year. While we both admit that we aren't ready to live together, I have a secret. Zero percent of me wants to live with him. And I don't foresee that changing. (laughs) I know there isn't any kind of timeline for a relationship, but if I have no interest in living with him, should I let him go? I love him and care about him intensely, but I also love living on my own and not cohabitating. Mm. We've actually Mm. talked about this and agreed that we are both happy with the current situation. So that's great. But he doesn't know that I have absolutely no interest in living with him. Should I at least tell him that much? I'm afraid it will hurt his feelings. Oh, no. You should tell him. Like, right now, like, yeah. I have no interest yeah. in moving in with anybody. anybody. I like my own space. Like, and, and I don't – I mean, you can't – the thing is, you can't say if you know that's going to change in five years yeah. or whatever. But you do have to say, right now, there's, I, I do not want to live together. And I think you have to make it clear that it's true of anybody. Like this is, it's not just you. Oh no, I want to live on yeah, my own. This is, right now, the way I'm in, in my headspace, I know I'm never going to want to live with anybody. I love you. I love our relationship. I love our time together. I just want to make it clear to you that this means we're never getting married unless we have a 
separate marriage. But what this means is that right now in my life, we're never going to live together. Are you okay yes. with that? Yes. Although never, you can't say never. Well, you can say you right don't. now this is the way I feel. Right now, this is the way I feel. If it changes, I'll tell you. Yes. That's what you do. But I think that's the key. You have to be open with them and say yes. that. Mm-hmm. It's not something that you can... Hey, listen, he might go, oh, I love living on my own too. This is great. Yep. You know, we have... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How would you feel about someone who said that though? Because that's very outside the norm of what we consider relationships, at least here in North, in North America. At some point, even if you don't get married, at some point we all move in together. Mm. If it's a long-term relationship. If you love that person, you care about them. That's always the expectation that you at some point are going to move in together. Even if only to save the money. Mm. How would you feel about a person who said that to you? How would I feel about a person who said that to me? <sighs> it wouldn't make me feel good. No. I mean, it would make me, I, even if the person said, I feel this way about everybody, I'd still think they were talking about me, that they didn't want to live with me. Mm. Yes, yes, it may be applied to everybody, but right now it applies to me. After a year? Yeah. Uh, that you're or two being years or three years? Person? Whatever, whatever amount of time. Yeah, I suppose you'd have to evaluate that and think about how you felt about it. Because for me, part of being in a relationship is that waking up every morning with somebody, mm-hmm. going to bed every night with somebody. Well, I suppose you can do sleepovers. Sure, but that's different. I want all. I want a home with this person. I want to set settle down those roots with this person. When you don't do that, when you don't live together, you're not creating those roots. Well, no, you're not, because what that creates is is still an ambiguity. You, there's like a ambiguity. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you don't see that person for a few days, That's right. what are they doing? Yeah. And, and it opens you up to meeting someone, other different people perhaps. So there is, yeah, I don't know if I would like it very much. <clears throat> All my life I've dreamed of living on a farm. I never thought it would really happen, but a few years ago I took a great leap of faith and married a man I met via a dating website for farmers. This is actually a thing. It is that there is an actual farmers like match dot com for farmers. Oh, because they're so busy. It's just, <laughs> and I'm on a farm. You got to want to. Yeah, okay. I guess so. Big farm girl, please. <laughs> Big fake boobed farm girl would be great. Wait, wait, what? Oh, come on, there, men. Give me a break. <laughs> the trouble is, farm life isn't like I thought it would be. Hello. What, what the do hell do you think farm life is going to be? So is that farm website, like, they all have the same profile. Okay, wake up at five. I want my morning nookie. And you're going to go out into the field. I mean, bake, go bake the bread. I mean, is it the same write-up for all of them? Or for the dairy farmers, <laughs> abattoir guys? I'm sorry. Oh, my God. You're so mean. <laughs> okay, so farm life isn't what she thought it would be. You're so mean. Why? It's true. If you're going to live on a farm, you think she's going to like lay in and he's going to bring her coffee? Oh, God. Church farm on Sunday. <laughs> okay, go on. So she... Farm life isn't <clears throat> like I thought it would be. My husband has to work really hard. <laughs> Sometimes 12 to 15 hours a day, especially during the harvest. <laughs> Every day he has to get up before dawn to milk. See, I told you. What did you think a farm was, lady? She wants a gentleman farmer that races out on the horse to check on the help. That's right, exactly. (laughs) Plus, the work is dirty, so he's always filthy. He's really good about not tracking dirt into the house, but it's still annoying. Oh, my God. This really isn't how I pictured farm life, and I kind of want out. But my husband's such a great guy, I don't want to leave. 
I doubt he'd want to start another career that could take us back to the no. city. No. I just don't know what to do. Can you see your way out? No, you're fucked, sweetheart. Oh my God, what is this green acres? Exactly. You are screwed. She's screwed. I mean, the only- Either you embrace the lifestyle yeah, yeah. or get out. Exactly. You don't have, there's no, there's no, there's no in between in this one. No, sorry. Nothing's going to Did change. Did you read the profile? That's right. <laughs> Did you watch a farm documentary? Have you have you seen anything about farming? No. Did uh, you do any research? Yeah. Wikipedia and farm? She said it was her dream it to her live dream. on a oh, All my life bit. I've dreamed of living on a farm. Sometimes honey dreams are best left so, to dreams. That's, right. <laughs> that's what dreams are. It's their very nature. But I don't understand how she could what mental image she had of a farm mm. that didn't include hard, hard work. And him being dirty. <laughs> He's going to be dirty. There's no such thing as clean farming. <laughs> there isn't. You know, there's no such thing as having a day off. Oh I doubt. Oh, my God. <clears throat> oh, my goodness. Some people get themselves up. into very, very funny situations. I'm reading that, just cracking up, just thinking, what did you think farming was all about? Like, I lived on a farm. I did farming. Mm. It was awful. <laughs> mm. Unless you're on a really rich farm. Yeah, unless you're jumping in the horse and checking on the health. To yes. check on them and the big machinery yeah. and all that stuff. But even the big machinery farms, those, that's still you're doing a lot of work. Right. There's still every, every kind of farming is work. Yes. Hard work. Yes. Sun up, sun down kind of yeah. work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we were asking, we had someone talking about on the Your Mac Life show, uh, we, we, we know, oh, by the way, uh, for those folks who are interested in coming, joining us in Lisbon, Portugal for our starting point photography meetup experience photography Workshop. We don't know what the hell we're calling it. Um, a week long uh, photography classes in Lisbon, Portugal. You don't like classes, do you? We haven't, we haven't come up with a good way to describe it. It's photo tourism. You're going to come and hang out with us, learn how to take better pictures, and be a tourist in the beautiful city of Lisbon. Yes, but what did they call the article in the paper where you come, you go and do art in Spain? I mean, it's sort of like art tourism. Oh, you have it there. I call it photo tourism. <clears throat> so photo tourism, but you're learning. Sign up for Art Travels Abroad. There we go. Um, so uh, the dates are March 23rd, which is a Saturday, to 30th, which is a Saturday, 2019. 2019, what the hell? 2019, so next year. Um, it's, our, it's our spring break here. So please, if you want more details, send me an email to sean at yourmaclifeshow.com or to DLTU. At YML.me. We've got, uh, we've got sword right now. We've got 10 people interested. We no do? one signed up yet. We've got 10 people interested. There, it's only going to be, um, you are responsible for your airfare and the hotel in Lisbon. Um, well, we'll have, we'll all stay at the same hotel. It'll be a good, nice hotel. Yes. We're all staying together. Oh, yeah. Course. We're absolutely staying together. Yes. Um, and I'll give you more details if you send me emails. But one, but one of the things that someone asked on the Your Mac Life show last Wednesday was, where we, would we be going anywhere else besides Lisbon? And we absolutely plan out. We have one day, the Wednesday there, that's a complete free day that you can do whatever you want that day. Um, the idea is going to be in the mornings we're going to be doing photography, and then every afternoon you have time to go do what you want to do. You can come hang out with Melissa and I. Oh yes. If we go to the museums and go get uh, food or whatever it is, but. That's your opportunity to go do shopping, to go go do your touristy kind of things. But we're going to do sunsets and sunset. Yes, there's going to be a sunrise and sun, sunset shoot. Yes. But so the idea of this one is on Wednesday we're going to be going to the beautiful, beautiful little town, just about thirty minutes outside of Lisbon, called Sintra. 
Uh, if you want to have some fun, go to Instagram or Flickr and do a search for Sintra, S-I-N-T-R-A. There is a beautiful, beautiful set of grounds and palaces there, including the Pena Palace, P-E-N-A, which looks like something out of a, a, a color, kid's coloring book. It's bright red and yellow and blue, and it's a castle. It's so pretty, so cool looking. So the idea is we're going to get up early in the morning, we're going to either take the train or rent a car, probably rent a car, and I'll explain why in a bit, go to Sintra, spend um, the morning and several hours in the afternoon in Sintra, but then we're going to hop in the car, and this is why we need the rental car, and go to a place called, I think it's Capadaroca. Mm. And Capadaroca is the westernmost tip of Eurasia. It's the farthest west you can go. Yes on the continental uh, landmass of Asia. Yeah. You can still go to other islands, Azores, that are off in the, off in the Atlantic. I, for some reason, I think that's kind of a cool idea. Mm. I love the idea of standing <clears throat> at this tip of rock and looking west and thinking, I live that way. Mm, to <laughs> North know? America. That's, that's North America. It's sort of on the same latitude as New York, maybe? I think it's between or? New York and Vancouver. Yeah. It's kind of interesting that uh, it's it's on that latitude line right there. But that's yeah. just kind of a neat... And we take our, our pictures there. And what we're going to do is do a sunset shoot, because the sun sets in, in the, the west. west. Well, so we'll get these hopefully really neat shots of us on the westernmost tip of the continent of, mm -hmm. of Asia, mm -hmm. of, of Europe, and, and taking these pictures. The problem is, what are we going to do about the rental car? The idea is, if it was just Melissa and I, we'd hop in a rental car and drive off. What would make the most sense was if we rented a uh, sort of a minivan or an SUV and got four or five other people to come join us. And we split the cost of the rental car. So rather than costing Melissa and I 60 bucks, it would cost six of us 10 bucks. Yay! The problem is, if something happens, they could sue us. It's an awful feeling to think that way, but really you kind of got to think that way. Mm -hmm. That I don't know well to find this out. Would my regular car insurance cover that considering that we are doing it as a for hire thing? You know, this is not just a bunch of friends jumping in a car and going someplace. This is, we are, we've charged these people money to come take photographs with us. And part of that is going to be this trip. Yes, and you're teaching them. You're their actual teacher. Yeah, see, and that's the problem. If, I, if, well, if we went and I didn't say a word to you about photography, maybe I could get away with it legally. But obviously, not not, it's not going to happen. Maybe someone can help us out. Maybe somebody could give us some advice. Our idea that. was basically to film people getting into the car saying, I promise not to sue Sean and Melissa. <laughs> you know, that, would be, that would literally be a legal contract. Mm -hmm. Just, I know, because... Quite honestly, we ain't get enough for us to sue. You don't, you... Oh, no, we have nothing. Us getting sued would destroy our lives. It'd be and the my, worst thing ever. My children's lives. Absolutely. We, we'd lose this house. Hmm. So, yeah, I don't, I'm not taking any chances on that. Unless I find out from a legal authority that we can get people to sign something that will be legally binding or videotape them that's legally binding, I'm not doing it. We'll all have to get separate cars. I and I have no problem doing no, separate cars. No, no, that's not a problem at all. Because I would not. All. I do not want to take the chance of God forbid, touch wood. So, and, and there's no accident going to be my fault because I'm a very good driver. Mm -hmm. But who knows? Some yes, other idiot. But could, you never know. Some other idiot could cross the road, t-bone us, and 
and hurt someone, hurt somebody, or, and know. then people would start because people are litigious, mm-hmm. especially American and folk, and they might try to sue me as the driver. Mm-hmm. And I would hate for that to happen because then I'd have to kill you. <laughs> we could push you off the very edge well, of Europe because the thing is. I need a place to live anyway when you sue me because I'm going to lose the house. So Jail, pri- you're going to get... Prison is just as good. Free accommodation, food, <laughs> recreation. Awful, what an awful thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> we got one, one, la- one last thing. This is, this is especially for, for Melissa. Mm. I've been seeing the same stylist for almost eight years. In the beginning, I loved the way he did my hair, but in the past year or so, it's gone really downhill. He stopped using bleach in my hair and did not tell me. He was mm. gradually darkening my hair because he felt my hair was damaged. It's not, at least no, not any more than before. I asked him to lighten it and use bleach, but he will not. I also also have extensions in my hair, and he's not an expert in them. I'm pretty sure he's not doing them right. However, we're great friends. I don't know how to handle this. I made an appointment with another stylist, and I feel extremely guilty about it. How do I break this to him? Extensions aside, I've asked him five times to make my hair lighter, and he refuses. Now, you have a wonderful relationship with your hairstylist. Oh, I love my Stephen. Stephen, you've been going to Stephen for how many years? I've been going to Stephen for decades. You've known he knows Steve- my hair. He could cut my hair with his eyes closed, and I have a lot of hair. You've been with Stephen longer than any man in your life. <laughs> I've been with St- I have. I know. He's my man. He's my guy. Oh, I mean, I dread. I mean, I, I, said, to, I said to him, what am I going to do if you die? <laughs> He's like, I know, right? I took a picture the first time I went to to Melissa to, to to get her haircut. I took a picture and posted it on Instagram and said Melissa was the third most important guy in her life. Oh, and she has two sons. Oh, so. oh. oh yeah, no, he's. I'm my at guy. best fourth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to be in the top five. Well, and we're aging. And I'm thinking, what am I going? to Oh my god! Like I really do go into a panic, wondering what am I going to do if he doesn't cut my hair anymore. It's so funny. I have thought about not making life changes, i.e., moving to play, because I'm like, well, what am I? Gonna do, no, I can't move away. Like going to Australia, I think, oh, yeah, we'll go home and we'll move to Australia. But, oh, but Stephen won't be there. I can't go without Stephen. It's true. Men do not understand the relationship women have with their hairstylists. My you guy. do not understand it, guys. I certainly don't. I've been bald for 20 years, yeah. voluntarily bald for 20 years. I, I, I'll go to anybody. I, I, I don't, I don't but, girl, it's your hair. You go to who you need to go to. This is your hair. And I mean, I don't need a lot done to my hair. I have incredibly beautiful hair. I've been blessed with beautiful hair. But um, it's so important to me. So you go to whoever it is that's listening to you that that is doing what you need to do to look beautiful. What would you do if Stephen didn't do what you asked him to do? If he said, no, I'm not going to do that to your hair because it's damaged. But or... see, I absolutely, absolutely, utterly trust him. No, what I'm saying is you didn't want him to do the thing, but he said he was going to do it. Or you asked him to do something, and he said, no, he wouldn't do that. Ooh, I don't know. I mean, I can't, I can't, well, our relationship is perfect. I don't I, know I what don't, to say. I don't know how much of this is, and I hate saying it this way, but I kind of have to, this man versus woman thing. That women, some women don't stand up to men in general. Oh. This is, seems to be that kind of situation where I want this thing done, but this man says he won't do it, so therefore I don't get it done. No, I think she'd she be going. She has no agency to. I think she'd be going through the same thing if it was a woman. I don't, in okay. this situation, right. I think it's about the person that yeah. does your hair, which I don't think guys understand the relationship that girls need with who is doing their hair. Yeah. If you have really basic, 
straight hair and that's fine. But if you've got extensions, I don't know what that entails, but it's important. But I think it's just that intimidation of this person, like you're sitting there and this person is has like ownership over you over you during that period of time, yeah, an hour yeah. and a half or whatever. Yeah. I don't know if it's to do with it, it that it's okay. a man. Okay. She maybe um, would be different, differing in my opinion, but I think she just needs to go to someone who she's comfortable with. Yeah, you gotta. I'm a big fan of standing up for yourself, of standing up for what you believe in, even if it hurts other people. Yes, it's what what you want in general, not in all situations, but what you want in general is more important than what they want. Yes, you want your hair to look a certain way; they don't. Well, then guess what? Yeah. Move on. And that else. it's okay to get your needs met. Exactly. Like the, exactly. I'm honoring myself That's here right. and sorry, dude, but you're not doing what I ask and I've noticed it for a while and I'm trying someone else. Or don't even tell him, just stop. Exactly. He doesn't deserve it. He, he doesn't not need deserve. to know. You don't have to explain yourself to him. It's your life. You decide what you want yeah. to do with your life in general. Yeah. You don't go to him for opinions on what car to buy yeah. or whether you should buy Ritz crackers versus something other crackers. And why do you have to be loyal? Yeah. You know, you know, if he's not doing what you want, then move on. It's Yes. Yeah, I just thought that was just funny, just the, the, the concept of, again, men don't understand that. I've never had that kind of relationship with anyone who's ever cut my hair. I don't care. Mm. Because for my hair, and this is partially the nature of my hair, maybe if I had beautiful, long, flowing locks like you guys did, I would feel more proprietary over my hair. Oh, yeah. But I don't. And my haircut takes five minutes of sheep shearing. Mm-hmm. I can do it any place <clears throat> in the freaking world. Oh, in some matter. ways, I'm jealous. Oh, exactly. It's because it's so easy to so easy. take care of. Like you don't look like a total helmet head That's after right. you've gone bike motorcycling for an hour. I just look ghastly. You don't look. Ghastly. I dread taking my helmet off. I'm like, oh my god, I have to take my helmet off. You look great at all times. Mm, oh, folks, uh, like you said, if you were interested in our Lisbon trip, uh, send us emails to dltu at yml.me. Yes, come with us. It's going to be amazing. I, I promise you, you're going to. It'll have be fun. so fun, and you'll take beautiful photographs and you'll put them on your wall when you get home. You will, you will. You can go to startingpointphotography.com for more information or again, send me emails to dltu at yml.me uh, If you like to, please review us on the iTunes store. We've only got four reviews up there. We've got 1,200 people listening to this every week. Hmm. Only four of you have bothered to review it. Come on now. Hmm. Um, so until next week, as always, I've been Sean King. I'm Melissa King. And we are the two people behind Don't Listen to Us. Happy Canada Day. Hey, We're going Canada. on our Canada Day walk That's now. Right. We're doing that. We're going to go for a walk yes, in Canada. Yes, we so are. To all of our fellow Canadians, uh, happy Canada Day. Hope you have a great, fun, safe time. Till next week, I'm Sean King. See ya. Bye.